All right, welcome to the first episode of the Mancast. I am Walker Deering. And I am Tyler Alexander. And uh, we're going to give this podcast thing a shot here. So. Yep. We have got a little bit of backstory for you all. We were discussing everyday carry uh, sidearms. And we are now... Go ahead, Tyler. Let's see. We were discussing... Well, Glock just came out with a new Glock 44 that is in 22 long rifle. So what that is... Uh, when I think of 22 long rifle pistols, I definitely don't think of Glock when it comes to that, you know, type of thing. And uh, that came to the... <laughs> That came to the, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Significant. Realization. Yeah, one of those words. Realization is like, uh, if you were married or had a significant other, what would you, like, would you buy them this 22 to carry around? Or would you go to 380 or 9? And that led into what we carry and this, that, and the other. I carry a and it's Glock 23. Yeah, and it's basically come to my thought process on what I would do in a need-to-pull-my-gun situation versus what Tyler would do. And it's uh, the conversation has escalated to the point of home defense, which is where we've come into the taser talk. Yeah. And uh, what what we got to here is well what what was it what did that one guy say you used to work with if somebody if like your brother or somebody uh, came yes, yeah, yeah. just so your brother drunk yeah so as gun owners you know someone breaks into your house your first thought is going to be target acquisition correct yeah yes yeah but then you're gonna think okay well i've got my target now what do i do and it's you know that target's either going to be A, your brother, who is trashed, or sister, you know, whomever, yeah, who is trashed and is making all this noise, and it seems like they might be ransacking the kitchen or the living room or whatever, or it's a, you know, an intruder, what are you going to do? And the friend I used to work with said he bought a taser for that exact reason, for if his wife or someone were to come in, right. he would be able to subdue the person that had broke into his house. And but not fatally not, wound them. and not fatally wound them, which uh, to me sounded like a great idea. Tyler had some thoughts on it, and that's when we decided we were going to record this podcast. So that's where we're picking up the conversation. Yeah, and we're going to go back to what what would happen here. I mean, there's three guys that live in this house that all have guns on ready. If right, all of us have one in. by the bed. Yes, all of us have one gun by the bed that is loaded at all times. Don't worry, we don't have any kids or anything around, so you don't have to worry about them getting to them. But uh, right, yeah, that's what I say. It's just the three of us, and uh, we're all as you know as responsible as we can be. No one plays with guns while they're drinking or anything of the sort. Right, and the like I said, I keep a Glock twenty three by my bed, which is a forty Glock. I well, whoa, words. Walker has a what is yours? A forty-five. Yeah. I've got the forty-eight, which is 48, a nine millimeter. Which is a nine millimeter, and Jack has. I think he keeps his. Uh, his. So we have. Well, he. Uh, yeah. 
We have two 20, Glock 23s and a Glock 48. So, but <clears throat> back to the target acquisition identification, know your target and what's behind it before shooting, which is like one of the five rules of gun safety is there if say for some reason it's your brother or somebody comes in just absolutely belligerently drunk that we know and is you know it sounds like somebody's ransacking the house first off i'm the closest to the kitchen so i'm more than likely gonna hear it first and i guess another thing to point out is if your roommates or fam you know whoever you live with is smart enough to tell the other people in the house like hey I'm going to be out drinking. I don't know when I'll be home. Don't shoot me when I come in. Yeah. Like I try to do that and I'm not always perfect because sometimes stuff happens, but yeah, I feel like most of the time you all plan for me being home late when I, yeah. when I go out drinking. That's exactly right. So and, that's a whole different situation in and of itself, but we're talking about if I was to tell nobody, I, you know, I don't drink on the regular and I'll just come in and I'm just trying to make a pizza. Trash. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, trying to make a pizza or something, and it just sounds awful coming from the yeah, kitchen. Dropping pots and pans and crashing stuff, and whatever. Right. Well, the one thing that I don't like about my 23 is it's a Gen 2, so it's an older one, so that means it doesn't have the, the rail on the bottom of it. So, the reason why, if you have like a home defense or something like that it's just a stay at home bump in the night kind of gun that's a handgun is that rail you can stick a flashlight on it and they make some really bright ass flashlights for those things oh yeah i agree they've got some very high lumen flashlights you can buy and that's where the target identification thing would come in is if i'm coming down the hallway I'm not going to shine that. I'm not going to turn that light on until I'm in the same room as the person that is doing whatever. Cause right. I don't want them to see me coming. If they're causing a big commotion in the kitchen here. Yeah. I'm going to sneak out of my room gun drawn and I turn the corner, flip the flashlight on that way I can see who is in here. If the lights aren't on for some reason or the light on the stove isn't on because I mean, that thing is pretty bright and you can still see at least in this house, you can still see like what's going on, who's in here and what's happening, which is precisely why I try to leave that light on. Right. And that's kind of one of those things where a, taser and or a pistol is they're both good options but i mean what if it's somebody you don't recognize right because that's um, i know you've seen the videos of people getting tased and it does absolutely nothing because they're just so out of it that it just pisses them off and yeah that, if somebody's in where they just fight through the pain and they just keep right on yeah i get what you're saying that's in close quarters like your house you don't really have anywhere to go 
That's kind of where an actual self-defense bullet kind of does its thing there, and you have more than one shot in case you miss with the taser. Right. And it's that's one of those things where, it, and that's also where the law comes into play there. It's like you can't, like, you can't shoot somebody twice, and if they're still alive, shoot them again to kill them because that's classified as murder. Right. So, and don't shoot to wound somebody, please, if they break into your house. Don't shoot to wound them because then they can sue you for, a, I can't remember the name of it, but they can get you into a legal suit and then you'll be SOL for just trying to defend your stuff. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. And I believe it was a uh, pretty large court case, was it not? Yeah. And that, that's also it that's also a law where you're legally you can't shoot somebody if they're like if somebody steals your T V or something and is running out your front door with it, you can't shoot them. That is illegal. That will also right. be classified as murder. So, but if somebody is in your house and don't be like, oh, they can't tell which way I shot them. Yes. Yes, they can. Anybody can. But that, don't get me wrong. I like his idea of the taser as a non-lethal way, but that's now that I've thought about it and how alcohol and drugs can do to somebody's body and just push them through it like that I'm I'm not willing to take that risk it's it's a it's a me or them type deal and I'm always going to choose me yeah no I can agree with that it's definitely going to be a if it's if it's me or them it's yeah definitely going to be me which I feel like it's something we don't have to worry about in our home without disclosing any crazy information that we shouldn't um, but in, you know, any other home in town or whatever that it might be, those issues are posed as a, mm, let me think of how I want to say that it, those issues are always in somebody's mind, which I mean, obviously they're in our mind too, but <laughs> I feel like we're not near at risk as other people. Yeah. The issue of somebody breaking and entering. Yeah, no, I, I feel like we don't have that issue as. That's right. not um it's still on the forefront of our minds, but not um not an act I mean, yeah, I'm sure it's a probability, but yeah, we have a unique situation, so but it's a little less probable in our situation. There we go. That's yeah, what it's a little le- yeah, it's a little less probable. It's probably a lot less probable, honestly. Yes, it is the significance of that happening is quite low per se as like a normal person house would especially since it's burglaries and stuff are going to be going up since it is getting near Christmas time and people are just kind of like you got a Christmas tree up you're leaving all those gifts and hundreds and thousands of dollars worth of stuff just laying out there underneath the Christmas tree that is a that's a big beacon for burglars one would think you probably won't be home when they, you know, do that. But if for some reason that you are and you have a gun, well, that 
puts you ahead of the game there. Yeah, you've got the means to defend yourself. Yeah. And uh and, and your possessions for that matter, or your children's your- possessions or, or whomever. Yes. And the like like I said earlier before we started recording this is the people that are willing, like they are, they want to shoot somebody, are the people who should not own weapons. And right, yeah, I mean, as uh, just any you know, any respectful gun owner should think, I don't want to pull my weapon if I don't have to. Yeah, but it, it's got to be a me or them situation. And I know that's the fact for all three of us, but I don't. Uh, you know, there, there are some people that don't share that sentiment in the world. Yeah. Yeah, I understand that. And it's unfortunate they shouldn't own weapons, but yeah, but we can't always control who gets them and who doesn't. (laughs) Hey, do you want to kill people? Yeah, that's what I thought. Give me your guns. Like that's not how that works. (laughs) Yeah, they if uh, if that was a question on a forty-four seventy-three, there. I mean, people. People can lie and stuff like that, but well, of course, I'm, I'm sure. Well, I'm sure a lot of people do. A lot of like the mass shooters and stuff, but a lot of them, it's just kind of that's the thing. Like people just think you can go out and like just buy a, like four ARs at once, and that that's not how that works at all. <laughs> no. no, no, no. I mean, you got background checks. Uh, individual background checks for each weapon, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. Yeah, exactly. You can't just walk out and buy a case of ARs, AR-15s. No. It's, not, it's not feasible, first off, and it's not it's not going to happen. If you if you did that, you would definitely be put on a government list and probably be heavily watched and wiretapped at your house and all that other stuff. Right. Which I mean that. If you like go back and look at the people who have caused mass shootings and stuff, like they go back and look at their purchases and all that other stuff, and they see a spike in, oh yeah, this person bought four guns this month. What what's going on there? We need to come yeah, look yeah, at that. or two thousand rounds of ammunition the next month. Yeah, that's yeah. You know, I I feel like uh, as a red blooded American, most of this stuff should have been prevented. With some questioning, you know, at least. Yeah, I but understand I, uh, that. And for all I know, they did got, you know, they may have got questioned. Uh, I, I don't know that to be true, but uh, at least I would think. Um, I don't know how, you know, these people think, though. So yeah. it's just all speculation on my end. And that's, but getting back to the topic at hand. Oh, no, go ahead. Uh, what was I going to say? I, that's. I this sounds odd, but they need to like people say this is wrong and stuff, but I think that the government and you know police officers and all the people that defend us that are they're just here trying like to protect us okay. like local law enforcement and stuff and the ATF as much as a lot of people hate on them because you can't own a machine gun, sorry. I mean, do I want one? Yeah. But do I understand why I can't have one? Yeah. But if this, if a person like the Las Vegas shooter, right? He, 
I've I seen something the other day where it said that he had like four suitcases full of guns when he went up to that hotel in Las Vegas. And it was definitely an alarming number. Yeah, he had like a stupid amount of weapons to be bringing in a hotel. And, and a, a very high populous hotel at that. Yeah, a very high populous hotel along with he was by himself and had four suitcases. Which in Vegas, I could see that not being too incon like too you know too uh, too odd like right you know because people are going to do crazy shit and they're going to be there for a while to do it. I can see why that wouldn't be as like crazy, but at the same time, I was going to say I'm not opposed to metal detectors in a big spot like that, but then you have to empty your pockets and that's all. That's nuts. I, I think that might be a little far. Right. Uh, and I've, that was just a thought that crossed my mind, but there should have been some sort of security, you know? Yeah. That like, I'm sure his bags and I'm, I'm I can't even say that they might have been delivered to his room. I stayed in Vegas when I was 15 and our bags were delivered to our room. There, right. we, I mean, we didn't carry a thing, but do, I'm sure you I, can refuse that, ser- refuse that service if you wanted to. I do remember, like, the because the, there are the videos of him on the security cameras and stuff. That I know he carried at least two of those suitcases, up right? There himself. Now, whether he went back downstairs at, to his car and got the other two, I don't know. But still, he I think he was there for like three days prior to the shooting and was, I mean, you know, normal dude. I mean, you can't really like – this is where the profiling thing, like it's okay to profile somebody most of the time. Is I mean, like – in this guy's case, he looked like an average dude, and I can understand why not somebody's just going to be like, oh, that dude's a little suspicious. But, I mean, the four suitcases thing, that kind of blows, you know, that sets off an alarm in my head, like, hey, wh- what's what's this guy's deal? Why does he need so many suitcases if he's by himself? And I, that's, I feel like when he's checking in, that, like, you're going to be staying with us for how many days? It's like five. Right, they don't say you know your re- you know your reservation isn't for three weeks or four yeah. suitcases would be you know needed, but at the same time, like, how are you going to sit here and actually profile somebody because they bring a lot of clothes, you know? And not obviously, it's not what he did, but yeah. But I feel like if that I can't remember the name of the hotel. Can you? God, no, it's the big gold yeah. one. It's not the MG. Was it the MGM? It might be. I can't. Doesn't remember. matter. Yeah, I feel like any hotel in Vegas, though, the amount of people they by might. themselves that you see with multiple suitcases is probably pretty big. Yeah. Yeah, and I and now for most hotels, you know, our hotel here in town, uh, the Holiday Inn or whatever it is, that yeah. would probably be kind of odd. You know, someone come in there with four suitcases. Yeah. It might raise suspicion. But in, you know, somewhere is high traffic and is how many people come through every single day. I feel like that a lot of people bring more than one or two suitcases and it's yeah. just not something 
you know, they think about, I'm sure they think about it now and it, it sucks that it come to that, but I'm all for security of the people. Like, yeah. But since, since we're kind of on this topic, have, uh, what is that law? That's like the, I know in New York, there was a guy who was, who was in the military or was, or is still or something, but you know how New York and all the New York, California, Florida, they're the high capacity, quote unquote, high capacity magazines. They're like, you got to turn those in and everything. Right. Well, this guy, he documented all this on Instagram too which is the only reason why I know about it because I follow gun pages and they were like sharing the crap out of it. I feel like I know where you're going with this. But uh, this guy, well, he had been drinking, yes. But somebody called or somebody he knew called or the neighbor called or something like that and said that he had you know, high capacity magazines and stuff, which I mean, it's a piece of plastic or it's a piece of metal. It's a magazine that holds, it holds bullets, but what can you do with a magazine if you don't have a gun? So I don't really see the issue of, yeah, you have a 30 round magazine, but if that's all you have and you don't have a gun, why do we need it? But besides the point, that was completely off topic. Uh, this guy kind of had like a not. It's not well, it wasn't really a standoff because nobody got shot or there were no shots fired or anything. Well, it's like still that. a standoff, though I believe. Yeah, but uh, he uh, was. Yeah, like, it was New York. It was New York. Okay, but um, yeah, this guy was like up in his attic, and all because somebody called that he had a high capacity magazine, and apparently that's big time against the law in those states and then you can go to jail and stuff for that. And I believe that he didn't even actually have one. And, but he wasn't willing to go outside and, you know, get shot over it or get, I mean, he had body armor and stuff on because he is in the military. So he had his, you know, he had his old garment on, but like I said, this dude videoed this whole deal going down and uh, he literally he did nothing wrong. Now that just shows you how easy it is that you can just kind of. It's my word against his, but anyways, I forgot what we were talking about now. Uh, Started with the everyday carry conversation we had before we started recording right and i guess just to get back to that (laughs) for yourself would you prefer a nine or a higher caliber for an everyday carry or what would you think would make more sense i guess would be a better way to state the question well what i think when it comes down to this is what are you most comfortable with shooting Right. And I guess this also kind of ties into like our tactics that we were talking about earlier and not like any of us are trained professionally, but just stuff, you know, like mine versus yours. Like, and uh, what, 
what we feel like we would do in the heat of the moment and what we would try to do or this and that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So if, if I had to carry, if I had to carry a caliber, do I get to pick the gun too? I guess, I mean, for the sake of argument, I don't see why not. Okay. Cause that's realistic. Obviously. I mean, uh, yeah, you're not if you just want it strictly caliber, then no. But uh, if for that end of the debate, but yes, I feel like any person should realistically be able in this question to pick the gun because that is a big part of it. Okay. Um, if I had to pick a carry gun, man, oh man. For okay, we'll we'll break this down into seasons too. Basically, well, I I think I'm gonna the the question I'm asking is strictly like we'll just go ahead and say it's summer spring summer season. You're not gonna have your big heavy coat. Okay, you're not gonna have your big heavy coat spring summer season. So a lot of people are gonna be wearing shorts and you know tank tops or whatever. I don't know what other people wear. A, yeah, they're not us. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a jeans most about ninety eight percent of the year, unless I'm going somewhere like Florida, then I'll pack some shorts and wear them there. But uh, uh, man, summer carry, so that means you're gonna have a smaller gun. I haven't shot your forty eight, right? I need to just to see how that feels, but uh, man, because yours is like really slim and it's, I mean, it fits, the, it's got the full size. I would say, yeah. It's got the bigger grip on it. It is thin, but man, I would also have to shoot like a, mine would be between, I do, I cannot shoot a Glock 43 to save my life. They, they, I don't know. Those things are too small for my hands, and I, it's, I mean, snappy. Uh, it's like shooting a forty. Yeah, snappy. that's why when I shot mine, I, uh, it was just I couldn't do it. I, mine was a forty-eight, and I shot the forty-three as a, um, like a test. Yeah. And it, you, it's obviously snappy for you too. Right, uh, but the forty-eight, it was a lot better. wasn't near as snappy, uh, and that's why I bought it. With the, the, you know, the logic in my head, longer slide is going to equal less snap. Yes, you are correct about that. And uh, if I had to choose, man, this is difficult because there's a lot of guns that I haven't shot that are like meant for this. But like, if I if I feel like I had to choose. It would either be if I could find a holster that worked with it, that made it concealable, a Glock 19. That would be number one. If I could find right. one. If I couldn't, then I would either go Glock 48 or Sig P 365. You have. Okay, so you're, you're thinking nine I'm thinking pretty much nine. all around. Yes, I'm thinking nine pretty much all around. Because I mean, just for the people that don't know what we're saying, you're thinking nine millimeter all the time. Two, if, not, it's, in, if it's in the summer, I'm, if it's in the summer, yes. 
I'm saying a summer carry, but the, the reality is most people are not going to have a summer and a winter carry gun. Right. I understand that. Right. Yeah. I'm going off of that logic versus. Okay. Well, what we, you know, like I, I, I would have a summer and winter carry, but at the same time, I wouldn't, I actually, I would not, I said I would, but I won't because I don't like wearing my jacket. Like as soon as I get into a building, my jacket comes off, whether I put it in a cart on a chair whatever right it's coming off so for me whatever my summer carry is would be my all the time carry so uh, that goes back to the point of whatever you prefer i guess well uh, well again if say i did have a winter carry if i had a winter carry i would use my 23 that i have it's a 40 that way if something does go boy who's shooting up whatever or if i feel threatened in some other way and he's wearing a big you know carhartt jacket and whatever i want something that can you know punch through that a little bit easier because it's got a little bit more ass behind it which is where like a 40 or something would come into play right you're i mean you're trying to put a bullet through you know a couple layers of carhartt or whatever yeah but in that same sense the round development for the nine millimeter is, I mean, absolutely nuts. For my HK, which is a nine millimeter, right? I I have self defense rounds for it, and uh... <laughs> okay, I don't mean to interrupt, but as we are talking, I've got uh, the forty versus nine millimeter debate pulled up on my uh, laptop. Yeah. And something that I found hilarious is like under the people who all or people also ask section, it says, is 40 more powerful than nine millimeter? (laughs) (laughs) Is 40 caliber the same as nine millimeter? Can a 40 shoot nine millimeter? And then the only one that makes any sense to me (laughs) is what is better, nine millimeter, 40 or 45? Well, that's (laughs) that's <laughs> I, yeah i know but got, it's just the first three really got me there's a, i mean i don't yeah it's okay for people to get out there and learn I, I, yeah i mean i'd rather someone ask that than go you know buy a <laughs> go buy something they don't know anything about yeah. i mean i guess that i guess that is better but at the same time it's funny it's it's chuckle worthy but uh, there's always going to be, you know, oh, this round's better, this round's better, blah, 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 blah. 45 because they don't make a 46. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah, people that just get like that into it and 40s for queers. That's bisexual round. And blah, 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 blah. Whatever, dude. Just it's it's all right. <laughs> And whatever you're comfortable with, hell, if you're comfortable with shooting a 10 mil, which is a damn hand cannon. I was about to say, yeah, I mean, I, I'm i comfortable shooting it. I'm comfortable carrying it. Yeah. <laughs> but for, like, blah, blah, sidetrack. If I had, what was I saying? Oh, yeah. the I have the federal, uh, what are they called? Are they HSTs? Yes, federal HSTs. Yeah, 
was about to say that's what I run is the HSTs. That uh, you know, and those have the rubber end on them. I guess is what they are, and that has, of course, the government always tests these rounds to find out what's what about them and all that jazz. And the I think government agencies use that same technology in their carry pistols. And what that rubber end does is like if you do have to shoot somebody through a if through their jacket or something that that a hollow point of course the end of it is hollow hence the name hollow point it has that rubber in it so if you do have to shoot somebody through a car hard or something like that that hole doesn't get clogged with you know cloth or whatever and it allows the round to do what it was meant to do which is expand and you know it's supposed to cause as much it, as gruesome as it sounds, it's supposed to cause as much damage as possible without exiting. But right. That way you don't have you don't hurt somebody or something like that. Somebody else, a bystander. So, and this, I like mine. If if I had to come down to it, I like mine. Why? They're cheap. They're fun to shoot. They don't beat you up. The amount of ammo you can get for them is just absolutely insane. And they're they're hard to beat. That's the people that are anti nine. Explain to me why, please. Yeah, and I feel like it's mainly like fanboys trying to argue about it at that point. I feel like, like that's exactly what it is. Right. And I'm not a you know, I'm not a a proponent for either over, yeah. you know, just whatever you prefer. I like the nine because for the same reasons. It's they're not hard to shoot. Not that forties are, but yeah. it's easier to shoot the nine is. It's uh you know, uh, uh at least in the realm of full metal jackets, they're cheaper to shoot. Yeah. You start getting into the hollow points, yeah, self defense right. rounds. Well yeah, but those are all relatively the same price. You might pay a dollar and a half more, maybe, right. for a box of forty hollow, you know, forty caliber hollow points versus nine. You know, and that's I, for me when it comes to self defense rounds, that's not a discernible difference. No, I mean, when it comes, that's to not that a game stuff, changer. Yeah, you do your research and you find out what works, and the only downside to that is is when it comes to the cost and stuff like that. Yes, forty is going to be more expensive to shoot. But when you are uh, 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 practicing with your carry firearm, you are going to want to practice with your carry ammo as well. That way you know what it's going to do if it's ever used and, you know, all that other stuff. Right. You're going to want to know what the gun does, if it likes it, if it don't like it. You don't, if you've never shot, your carry ammo, you just don't want to go out there and carry it. If you don't know what it's going to do, what if your gun doesn't like it? There's a lot of guns that are finicky with their ammo and stuff. So, Right, and uh, according to Google, the Glock 26 Gen 4, which is a 9mm, is the... Uh, That's a subcompact. That is a tiny, tiny... Very tiny. But according to Google, it's the most popular concealed carry handgun. So according to the population 
of wherever this was taken and uh, according to the website that this top result is from uh, is America. It's uh, it's nine millimeter. And um, but but right below it is the XDS 45 ACP. So. I did not know that. Yeah, it's uh, apparently the the top. What's this article? The top 10 proven and reliable concealed carry handguns. All right. So this might actually be a bad article. Um, nine best, nine proven, fifty best. Now, see, I just looked up the most popular everyday carry handgun caliber. I didn't even care about the gun, right? I, I just wanted to know what the caliber was, but Google doesn't seem to be giving me that answer. Which I can see it, but in forty-five, I can see. I, I was about to say, from the people I know personally, the most there's two that ring out. I don't think I know anybody that everyday carries a forty-five. But I know a lot of people that every day carry nines and forties. Right, right. I, I take that back. I know one person, one person that every day carries a forty-five, but that's it. I don't know that he's the only one. And like that's forty-five's a big round. That's a chunk of. Yeah, and it's a large weapon. I mean, even the even the subcompacts are still they seem to be larger <laughs> than anything else. And when you want a gun that's got that much thud behind it, it's going to weigh a lot. You don't want to carry that. Yeah, and then you start getting into ammo capacity. Like what? How, you know how much? Like that was a big sell point for me. Is right. when I went to buy my pistol, I had to have a minimum of a ten round mag, like yeah. from the factory. You know, I didn't want to have to go buy it. I wanted the case I bought the gun in to come with two ten round mags. Yeah, which is you know, and, and that was a minimum. If I could find one for a decent price that had more, that's what I was going to buy. I just, I couldn't. Right. Right. I started getting into the, uh, whatever the compact version of your gun is, or is yours the compact, the HK? No, the HK is my HK is full size. I believe. Right. HK has got a compact nine that I can't remember the name of right now. I think it's the VP nine C. That sounds right because I held one at Bud's, I do believe, when I went to buy it. And uh, yeah, full compact. No, VP9 subcompact. Is it? Oh, yeah, but I didn't put C. That's the problem. Oh, okay. VP or SK, maybe? VP9 SK? That sounds right. I don't remember. Yeah. It's been a while. <laughs> but, um, so you would, I'm guessing you would also, your carry choice would be a nine? Yeah, I think mine, I would have to also go with a nine for almost exactly the same reasons. And and this is coming from just a, where I want to, I want to carry on my body standpoint. I've heard a lot of people's, you know, different people's opinions. Um, a lot of people that uh, are uh, for it. A lot of people are against it. But appendix carry for me seems like it would be the best bet. Right. I, uh, I've, I've had my gun holstered there. I've had it at 3 o'clock. I've had it at 6. I've had it at 9. 9 o'clock is just terrible. Terrible fucking place to have it. I'm not left-handed. I can't yeah. draw it fast enough. It's awful. 
uh, six o'clock, you know, small on my back. I can get to it, but it's, you know, a couple extra steps. Yeah. And then the only two that make any remote sense are three o'clock and 12, you know, appendix and my right side. Yes. Nothing else makes sense to me. Just for practicality reasons. Yes. I, I guess. Uh, completely agree with you. Yeah. Uh, the small of my back makes sense for logistics. Uh, it's, you know, it's, it's more comfortable. Yep. And if I'm going to open carry, then the, then the right side's more, com- you know, my right side's more comfortable. It's still quick draw. It's easy. But if I feel like if I'm going to conceal carry every day, I want, I don't want it to one be seen. And yep. two, I feel like this is an unspoken thing, but if someone, well, whatever, this is called the man cast. We're going to talk about man stuff. So if my gun is printing, but not to the point of you can tell it's a gun, like you can tell there's something there, yeah, but you don't know what it is. If I'm appendix carrying it, someone might think that's my dick and just not, you know, not even think again, think about it twice. Yeah, I can. Yeah. And I, I, well, see, that's not, I've never heard that argument made and it makes a whole lot of sense to me. I haven't, I honestly haven't either, but now that I think about it, yeah. As long as, right. it's, not, I, as, long as it's not printing above your belt line. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, obviously, because who <laughs> tucks their dick to their belt all day? Like, <laughs> that's ridiculous. And no one does that. But yeah, no, I think, uh, I think appendix carry just, and, and that's just for me. You know, some people might not like it. And like, I'm sure there's people out there that are just as fast drawing from the small of their back as I would be, or as I am drawing from the appendix. So I guess it's more all, you know, it's all preference. Yeah. I feel like that's what this entire conversation has boiled down to is that it's all preference and you should try everything yeah, well, in a I controlled mean, environment. Obviously. Yeah. That's exactly what this is in a nutshell is be comfortable with what you use and use it often. Get as right. Much that's another behind, thing. Get as much time behind the gun as you can. So you know it inside out, upside down and backwards. Right. There is no sense in not, you know, I will sit here in my bed, magazine out, mind you, most of the time, magazine out, and I'll practice my, you know, target acquisition with whatever's playing on my TV. Right. And it's not like, you know, I'm not laying in bed drunk playing with a gun. I am, you know, stone cold sober, just trying to get, you know, I'm. And a big thing for me was trying to be able, uh, not trying to, I can now, but shooting with both eyes open. Yeah. Yeah. I can, I could sit here and put something at, you know, 15, 20 yards, whatever, you know, whatever you want to, you know, a reasonable distance. And I don't have to close my eye, one eye to, you know, hit it. And I just, I felt like it was a big thing for me. That way I could still be aware of what was going on. Yeah, I get that. Yeah, so now here we are after. And uh, the way I learned, actually, was I had an airsoft gun. Yeah. And I'd do the same thing in my room. When I was younger, I would uh, pick something out on the wall and just hold it there until my eyes focused and I could lay my bead on whatever I had with both eyes open. Yeah. I have my. You playing with your gun right now? I yeah. Have, I have my Glock 23 in hand. 
magazine out, empty chamber. It's completely safe. <clears throat> As you were saying, What's funny to me right now is that we're justifying what we're doing to people that can't see us. Yeah. <laughs> like it matters. But <laughs> continue. And uh, me, I'm cross dominant, which is a lot of people. Oh, uh, see? Yeah. What's that? Mean? I didn't get that lucky. Well, uh, my dominant eye when shooting is my left eye, but I'm right-handed. So I was taught, you know, my entire childhood, you shoot right-handed because that's the right way to do it. So you close your left eye and you use your right one to aim. And that go, I mean, I shoot like that with rifles. So, but when it comes down to handguns is, I always catch myself if I'm going to shoot. My first instinct is to close my right eye because I'm left eye dominant. So, you got, like I said, if you have practice enough, and what you, yeah, like you pick out, if you're at a gun range, you pick out your target and you bring that gun right up in front of your face and you focus on that target until you can line up your sights, how they're supposed to be. And then once you get that down, you know, it just comes natural because when you go to shoot a handgun, since it's not right up in front of your face like a rifle is, you it automatically goes to your dominant eye no matter what. That's how, like if you point to something on the wall over there and you close one eye, that's how you can find out if you're... Right or left eye dominance. So I'm like I point to the coffee maker over there on the kitchen counter. I close my right eye. If I'm not pointing at it, that's you're not right eye dominant. If I'm pointing at it and I'm close my left eye, and well, hey, did I word that backwards? Blackwards? Backwards? Blah. I'm not a hundred percent sure. I uh, my mic and headset got disconnected there for a second, so I didn't hear anything you said. Okay, well, to find out which eye you're dominant with, is point to something in front of you out on the wall or whatever. If you got a picture, point at it. If you, I'm pointing at the coffee pot right now. If I close my left eye, my finger is not pointing at that coffee pot right now. If I close my left eye, it looks like I'm pointing at the sink. If I close my right eye, my finger is pointing directly at that coffee pot. So that means I'm left eye dominant. And that, um, so like I said before, I'm cross dominant, which I'm right-handed, but left eye dominant. So uh, that's where it comes into play with pistols is you, want to keep both eyes open when you can so you can see everything that's going on and you gotta I mean just practice 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 and practice some more until you get good enough with it that you're comfortable enough to like I said you know how that gun works and what it likes and what it don't like yeah I, I mean, you're not wrong. Not, not in any of that. No, not in any of that. I mean, that's all <laughs> right on the money. Um, and again, it just comes down to fucking preference. Yeah, that's 
That's what it all sells down to. Yes, I'm not. I feel like we're not really going to have a lot of libertarians or liberals or Democrats or anything listening to this show. But by all means, they're welcome to though. Yeah, I was going to say this. We're not just going to be talking about gun. Whatever we want to talk about, we're going to talk about. But so yeah, whatever comes up is going to. That's going to be our discussion for that evening. No matter what it is, it can piss off gays, straights, Republicans, Democrats, it's whatever. Let's say we're just here to get the word out and voice our opinions because opinions are like assholes. Everybody's got one. Yeah. <laughs> and they all stink. Ha ha, dad joke. Ha 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 ha. Well, do you have a. Uh, any anything to say on that subject before we kind of close this out? I was about to say I don't know if I got any closing statements, but um, yeah, this will this will be dropping probably. Uh, what do you say? This Thursday, maybe, maybe, yeah. maybe Wednesday. Wednesday, de- depending on what kind of yeah, depending on uh how long editing and mixing and all the fun stuff that podcasts are comprised of take. Yep. Being it our first one, we don't know how long it will take. Yeah, we 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 we're trying to figure out what we're doing here. Well, the fun the fun part is we don't have any sponsors because well we're not huge and don't need money yet. <laughs> well, we always need money. <laughs> so we don't. Need, well, yeah, to buy more bang bang, yeah. but we don't need we don't need the uh, we don't need the corporate sponsorships and the uh, we don't have to have our ad drops to uh, support our show right now. So, no, I don't think I have any closing statements. Um, this entire conversation has come back to one singular fact. If you are comfortable with the 45, shoot a 45. If you're comfortable with a 40, shoot a 40. If you're comfortable with a 9, shoot a 9. If you're comfortable with a 38, shoot a 38. So on and so forth. Whatever you're comfortable uh, with. Yeah. Uh, yeah, whatever you're comfortable with, learn it, love it, eat it, sleep it, breathe it. If you're going to carry it every single day, that's what you need to know, and you need to know it front to back. I couldn't agree you could more. You also probably shoot it. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's something we didn't cover, but you should shoot it four times a month at a minimum, uh, yeah. I feel like. I mean, I said you need to practice, practice, practice. But I right, yeah, no, I'm, I'm just – I'm putting a figure to the practice. I feel like if you're going to own it, shoot it once a week. Uh, that is pretty good, although we don't do that enough. No, most definitely not, <laughs> but we also don't have – we don't have gun range memberships, and well, to be honest, it's fucking cold, and I don't want to go out and shoot right now. <laughs> yeah, it is cold outside. So <laughs> we're gun enthusiasts, but we're also realists. Yeah, yeah, we 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 know when to draw that line. But you yeah, damn right. This has been the man cast. Thank you all for listening. I am Walker Deering once again, and I am Tyler Alexander. We hope you enjoyed this because, uh, well, we kind of hope this kind of takes off a little bit because we have i don't know we don't i'll be honest i don't care if it takes off or not i enjoyed it but uh yeah we are out of here thank you all for listening bye